Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Molly Ryder. Welcome to the podcast, More Milk, Please, baby feeding stories from moms plus like me and you. This podcast is designed to be a safe space for women plus to come together and share baby feeding stories. Whether you are expecting or thinking about having kids, a mom, non-binary, an aunt, grandma, or a caregiver, you are welcome because we hear it all. (laughs) From breastfeeding and pumping to tube feeding, bottles, formula, frozen milk, and weaning, our worldwide community is here connecting over some of our most nerve-wracking and intimate moments. I am so glad you're here, dear listener. Oh my goodness, my mom's plus. I hope that you find connection and belonging as you listen. And if this podcast, or me, or our guests, or the stories mean something to you, it would mean the world to me if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to rate and review the podcast. It helps new Moms Plus find us so these stories can support even more baby feeding adults out there in the wild world of parenting. To do this, just go to the More Milk Please show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and just hit the plus sign in the top right-hand corner. Of course, the more stars you're willing to give, the better. (laughs) And I so appreciate hearing your thoughts. So if you could please leave a comment, that'd be amazing. I check and read them all and feel immense joy over each one. So thank you, thank you. So much love and hugs. All right. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Andrea Wadley, the owner of 127 Pediatrics, a home visit-only direct care pediatric practice based in Kalival. They also provide lactation medical care in the comfort of your own home and online breastfeeding education. You can find 127 Pediatrics on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. I am so excited to have you on the call today. Thank you so much here to share your baby feeding story. So welcome, Dr. Andrea, to the More Milk Please podcast. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Awesome. And just before we got on, I was admiring her artwork behind (laughs) her. And you were saying it's your daughter's, correct? Yeah, so I have a 10-year-old daughter, and she goes to a private school that's very focused on the arts and handwriting and all the good stuff, and so they do tons of art, and so she brings home tons of stuff, and so I thought this would be a great way to display it as well as have a background for videos and podcasts and fun stuff like that. So it's beautiful. Awesome. Well, to start off, I know you've already just started, but maybe share a little bit about you and your family, where you live and uh, where you're at. 
Yeah, awesome. So I am a pediatrician and a lactation consultant. I'm actually about to sit for the breastfeeding medicine board exam. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be board certification for breastfeeding medicine. Um, but I live in the mid cities, which is halfway ish between Dallas and Fort Worth um, in the metroplex of Texas. So I grew up here, but definitely it has exploded in growth since I uh, was a kid. Um, I met my husband online when I was in my last year of medical school, actually in San Antonio, which is about five hours south of here. We met, we married, we dated and spent the first three years of our marriage long distance between these two places. Wow. Um, so he has a daughter from his first marriage who is now 23. She was seven, six at the time that we met, seven when we got married. Um, so I spent some time kind of raising her as much as I could. And then I had my own baby 10 years ago. She turned 10 um, this last spring. But we live in right by our, you know, our office. My husband is an insurance agent. He has an office space in Colleyville, which is just a stone's throw from Bedford here where we live. And we share that office space, but I do all home visit pediatric care. So my former life, when I first started my career, I was in the hospital doing newborn medicine. So we saw the sweet babies and mamas in the first, you know, one to two days after they were born and sent them off. And then I thought, well, I became a pediatrician because I want to see them grow up. Like I was sad. I didn't know what happened to them. Right. And so yeah. I didn't want to start a traditional practice because there's just plenty of those in the in the area. Dallas Fort Worth is a huge area for medical care. So I started a home visit only direct practice. So I don't take insurance for the practice. Families pay me directly. I, you know, serve them by, you know, visiting their house for their kids well exam and one call for them when their kids are sick. So it's a very small kind of intimate practice and provides a different option for families. Yeah, that's um, so cool. Yeah, it's so fun. I love it so much. I've been doing it for the last five years. Um, and then in my time in the hospital, I just saw how sweet mamas showed up, gave birth, you know, they prepared so hard for birth and knew nothing about breastfeeding and expected us to teach them. And those 48 hours when they were exhausted and pain, and, you know, didn't know what to expect, didn't know what to do. And so much of breastfeeding is time sensitive, I'm sure that you know. So that inspired me to do my IBCLC and now breastfeeding medicine. And, you know, I offer consults in our community. You know, as a doctor, I can provide a little bit higher level care than some of the IBCLCs who all do a fantastic job. And in yeah. order to multiply myself, I'm doing some online education Nice. You know, instead of face to face, there's only oh, so much of me to go around, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's just so important in any way people can get the information is is vital. So I love that you're reaching people not just locally, but online as well. That's awesome. So before you had your daughter, what was your breastfeeding knowledge experience like? Right. So I was a pediatric resident um, in the, you know, early mid 2000s. And I actually had a professor that was super interested in breastfeeding. She taught us, you know, a lot more than most of my colleagues have learned in pediatrics. I remember sitting there reading those articles like, Ugh, 
do we really need to know all this stuff? Right. And so I don't know that I got great education. But then when I was a newborn hospital doctor for eight years, I saw what it was like. And I was like, Oh, I can do this. I I do this all day long, right? right? And then fast forward to the moment I'm supposed to breastfeed my daughter. I'm like, Oh, what am I doing? I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so so yes, I knew I was going to breastfeed because, you know, I'm a A++ student and that's what you do, right? When right. this is your next role, your next job, this is the top level of what you do is breastfeed. Um, but for sure, I didn't prepare like I should have, you know, just relying on what I thought I knew. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it is one of those. It's just such an abstract experience. Like when you're actually then with a baby in front of you, you're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I know. The baby's supposed to do what and get what from where? What? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Awesome. Well, let's back up to a little bit right before that first moment. And I'd love to hear about your daughter's birth, how she was born. Was it a hospital at home, medicated, unmedicated? What happened? Yeah. So I was 38 weeks trucking along. I worked that day a full almost 12 hour newborn hospital shift. um, And I was just like, oh, I'm not hungry. I don't feel good. And the sweet nurses were feeding me peanut butter and crackers all day. Um, So I got home that night, I went to bed like normal. And you know, at the end of pregnancy, you don't sleep. So I was just laying there. And my water broke at midnight. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, I guess today's the day. And so woke up my husband, he, you know, we were, we live in the suburbs, we're probably 15, 20 miles from the hospital, I was supposed to deliver it. So he gets in the car, and he's speeding down the highway. And I was like, honey, it's going to take a while. Like we're good. <laughs> so we got to the hospital. I told everyone who would listen, hey, I'm grippy strep positive. You know, again, A++. I knew what I was supposed to do. Um, right, which was right. So, and they were like, we got it, Dr. Wadley. We know, you know, and so all these <laughs> nurses knew me because I worked at that hospital. Um, so they sweetly put me in a room, you know, put signs on my door, like, don't disturb her kind of stuff. And so, for like 12 hours, I was in labor, you know, my water broke, but then really nothing else happened. <laughs> so when they use the word Pitocin, I was like, yes, I would like a, um, a epidural. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, right. Yeah, right. I wanted an epidural. I heard the word Pitocin. So my husband promptly left the room. They put the epidural in and it ended up in the wrong place. I don't know. I guess it's the luck of being a physician, but it numbed my right leg and that was about it. And so (laughs) we came back, redid it. I was feeling good, you know, being in labor on Pitocin, all things. Then finally got to the place where I was going to push. So, you know, midnight, I get to the hospital and this is like 7 p.m. or so. So I've gone through several shift changes of nurses, right? 7 p.m. the next day. You've been in there since midnight. So, oh my wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so my sweet doctor who I mean he knew I was the doctor and he was joking with me but he shows up at like 6 30 is a Friday night mm-hmm. and says hey you're uh kind of keeping me from my Friday night plans can I get this <laughs> so I don't know any other doctor he would have given up on me and c-sectioned me I think I was not progressing great um but he stuck it out I pushed like felt like forever um, you know, it was probably an hour to um, she was born, thankfully, vaginally, thankfully, screaming and happy and healthy. I had been in labor so long, and I had had kind of a tiny fever. And so she ended up going to the NICU briefly. But at that hospital, they did antibiotics for choreo, which is what they diagnosed me with, thankfully, in the room. So I had her in the room the whole time. Oh, good. Um, 
But yeah, so that was my traumatic birth story. Oh, and then my sister who just had a baby, she had a six week old at the time was sitting in the room while I was in labor pumping because she (laughs) was breastfeeding and and it was just quite a scene. And my husband, of course, was sleeping and like, "Ah, I didn't want to do any of the medical stuff. (laughs) That's what I remember. Nice. Nice. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. So that moment after she's born, did you try breastfeeding right away? Did you have to wait a bit? What was your initial breastfeeding experience like? Yeah, so I actually told the story in one of my YouTube videos that I just did for new moms. But um, I put her skin to skin because you know, I was supposed to and I told my mother-in-law she could not come in. <laughs> and so, you know, she, I had her skin to skin and I kept kind of trying to force her to latch. And the nurses were like, she's not ready. And I'm like, okay, you know, but me being the right. the top of the student that I am, I kept trying. But she eventually latched in the delivery room, fed a little bit, but not a ton. And then I let my mother-in-law, my stepdaughter come in and promptly ate her entire Subway sandwich because I'd been in PO for, <laughs> for 12 hours. <laughs> Nice. Yes. Yes. So so she did eventually feed in the delivery room and then was super sleepy. So Mm -hmm. he had to use forceps to get her out. And so she was Mm -hmm. a little bit traumatized by all of those things. Her poor little head was like straight up. And so then how long were you in the hospital? So I had to do antibiotics for choreo uh, or the baby did. I, I didn't because I never had another fever again. And my OB was... I don't know. Did I? I don't think I did antibiotics. She did 24, 48 hours of antibiotics. So we stayed for 48 hours. And did you meet with a lactation consultant while you were there or? Oh, yes. They all, I worked with them. They all loved me and they're so wonderful. So I couldn't ever get her to latch great. She was very sleepy. I have flat nipples or at the time I did. um, And I just, I couldn't get her to latch. And so they, of course, you know, the solution is a nipple shield. And so they showed me and taught me how to use it. And um, she fed some from it during the hospital stay, but not a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember at all how long it took for your milk to come in? Was it a couple days or did it come in right away? What was your experience with that? It came in while I was at home. So it was like day three or four, I believe it it was on time. Yeah. but my my sweet baby was glowing yellow, like neon, almost like a sign. I was like, no, she's fine. Um, but we went back to the hospital and she was, of course, not fine. And so they started the lights at home. Um, but my milk had come in and I was pumping, I think, and supplementing her with that milk because she just wasn't great at transferring. Um, yeah. So was she just not getting enough vitamin D or what? what was the light for? Phototherapy. So her jaundice number was really high. Um, She was yellow and um, it just was from the bruising on her head, you know, after delivery. And plus she just wasn't eating great. She had lost probably close to 10% before we left the hospital. I just couldn't get her to transfer milk well in those initial days. So, yeah. Yeah. And so how did things go in those first few days at home? Was she hungry or just mostly sleeping or what was your experience like when you first got home? So my husband and I joke in the hospital for 48 hours, she was like the quietest little baby. (laughs) This is going to be good. We can do this. You know, we were a little bit older when we, (laughs) and then we got her home and you remember that baby on the, the, what's that movie, the Incredibles and he like turns to fire and like, you know, that's what she did. So day three, she just like freaked out. She was screaming and crying. And really, it's 10 years later, she hasn't stopped. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, it was just her personality. So she cried a lot. She was very upset about all the things. Um, and plus, she was probably hungry, you know, at, at that time. So, but yeah, so she she didn't like the phototherapy. She didn't like to sleep. That's all she wanted to do was eat. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, did you end up continuing to use the nipple shield, or did that change over time? What was your experience like? Yeah, so I continued to use it really for a long time. I think that, you know, I built up kind of an oversupply since I was pumping so early and mm -hmm. I overcame sort of that obstacle. And then she started transferring really well with it. And so kind of to the point where like she was two months old and I had to just throw it away and make her do it without, she was just kind of addicted to it. So yes, I used it for a really long time, um, longer than probably I needed to or should have. But it worked. That's great. Yeah, it worked great. Yeah. Yes. So did you also start pumping then right away too? I'm pretty sure I was pumping. Honestly, I don't remember, but I did get mastitis like that first week. Mm -hmm. um, so I... I think I was either pumping before that or after that. And I had given her a tiny bit of formula because she just was hungry and crying all the time and she was really yellow. So yes, I was pumping. Yeah, yeah. And with the pumping, do you remember what pump you used? So for my insurance, I had a little Amita pump that was like a closed system pump back then and used that, you know, at home and on the road. And then I used the hospital pump when I was at the hospital, so... Yeah. Yeah. Hospital pumps are very nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It helps me get a pretty good oversupply. I think. <laughs> because I so, while I was doing notes, like at the hospital, I was pumping and pumping and pumping, I just left it on. And yeah, I right. had tons of milk. <laughs> nice. Nice. And so what did you do for your mastitis? How did you help relieve that? Oh, it was so miserable. I don't know if you've had mastitis, you know, someone It felt like the flu and your breasts are hard and red and painful and you're crying already because of your hormones and because this thing won't stop eating. And I, I was crying. I was miserable. I went to bed. Um, so I called my OB and I was like, Hey, I had fever. And he's like, okay. And sent it in antibiotics and never really <laughs> examined me or knew what I, at the time my breast wasn't red yet, but I just had fever and felt flu like. And so I yeah. called him. We sent in the antibiotics, I took those, and then I fed and fed and pumped and slept. You know, I left the baby with my husband and slept a little bit and, and finally got through it. Um, and then she started feeding better um, and things were, were better. So I think she just wasn't transferring great. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. I didn't get it fully, but I had like the rash had started to develop and I was like, quick, get on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it did cold or hot or I don't even remember. I don't, I didn't have anyone very good advising me. I was texting the lactation consultants at the hospital. I should yeah. have just had someone come see me, but yeah. Right. Right. So you mentioned that you supplemented a little bit with formula. How did that decision go? Like, was that I'm ready this, you know, we need to make sure that she's getting enough food or did you struggle with it? I'm curious. Yeah. So when my milk came in, I was so engorged, nothing was moving, which is probably why I got mastitis, but I just couldn't get her to feed. And so I use, you know, formula companies send you all the formula. Right. And so, and then I think the nurses at the hospital sent me home with just a little bit, just in case. So really she had probably two ounces her entire life of formula. But at that time, it was just like, I don't know what else to do. I just, I got to feed her. I got to get her some food. And so she took a little bit of it. She, she was never a fan of the bottle. 
Um, but then I was thankfully able to nurse and get her to transfer a little better. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We had to supplement a little in the beginning too. So I'm always curious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, I didn't love it. And you know, like my theme of this interview is I'm always an A plus student and I knew (laughs) that that was not an A plus move, but I was like, I don't know what else to do. I kind of get her to eat some food. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, she really didn't take much. She just took enough to, I think, get a little stronger to where her you know, transferring was better, which is something I tell moms, you know, like they can't feed if they're starving, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. 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 So. yeah. Also, if you're a breastfeeding mom thinking about breastfeeding or are an underproducer like me, get your hands on my free 10 best breastfeeding and pumping tips because you deserve an easier, pain-free experience. Seriously, I want you to feel victorious in your breastfeeding and pumping. So go to mollyrider.com forward slash top 10 milk tips to get your copy today. So when you were breastfeeding, was there any like unexpected joys or um, just surprises along the way that you weren't thinking you'd have? Yes, I I think I became a little addicted to it. And so did my daughter. I mean, she just loved the milk. She was a big, fat, really pulley six-month-old by the time all of, you know, <laughs> my milk came in and she was transferring grade. And it was just really the only way to get her to calm down, um, which is probably why she was so fat because she ate all the time. <laughs> You know, she just, she just had all these like regulation issues, just get so worked up about stuff. And that, and that was kind of my superpower was to get her to stop crying, you know, so, which was why it was hard to give up. You know, I went all the way to 18 months because it was really the only thing that calmed her down. So, yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. (laughs) Yeah. The boob is a good superpower for sure. I know. Then my husband's (laughs) like, you need to stop doing that. And I'm like, but how am I going to get her to be quiet? Like, what am I going to do now? Yes, exactly. Oh, goodness. I hear you. Yeah, we um going to restaurants and things. It was, oh, let's just stick her on because then yes. she'll eat and then, then we can eat and have a conversation yes. and not have to deal with her. So Exactly. And then you can put her in her little uh, car right. seat and not hear from her for like an hour or two. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So any other challenges with baby feeding that you want to share or basically you know, after, after the shield and the mastitis did things kind of level out? Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of restaurants, that was a pain in the high knee to put on the nipple shield and the cover and the baby and all the things. So that was annoying. So once that was over, it was easy. You know, we, my husband's a huge sports fan. So I fed her everywhere, sports, airports, you know, all the things. And I just got to the place where I was like, I don't care. You know, so when you're sitting at a stadium and people are looking down on you, it doesn't matter if you have a cover on or not. Cause they can see, you know, right. right? So, well, we did all of those things. Um, uh, what was your question? Just any I'm other just... challenges if you had them? Oh, any challenges. Yeah. So, I mean, it's challenging to work and yeah. do milk. It's challenging to uh, help your nanny or your other caregiver to understand why you can't feed a four month old eight ounces. Right. And so, you know, some of those little things were challenges. You know, I was very crazy about making sure all the bottles were clean and all the things, you know, it's just, you work all day, you do that, you feed the baby. And it's just that, that piece of it was definitely challenging. You know, she, she was feeding well enough that she was thankfully sleeping, you know, as she was a bigger baby, but right. 
Right. Oh, I was curious how long you were able to be out on mat leave and when you had to go back. I thankfully I took, I'm pretty sure I took almost 12 weeks. No, I took eight weeks actually. So I worked for a hospital system, like a hospital group then. Um, And so I took vacation and then I did a family leave, which I wasn't technically paid for, but it was fine. It worked out at the time. So I did eight weeks and then I went back. But as a hospital doctor, I was on for a certain amount of time and then off for a certain amount of time. So I really was able to feed her at home, you know, most of the days that I was off, which was several days in a row. So yeah, that it was nice. Yeah. That's helpful. That's cool. And then with your partner, what was his experience like with the breastfeeding and the bottle feeding? Did he get involved at all? Yeah. So he, you know, he'd been married before he had another daughter and she was on formula right away because of, you know, her mom's issues, you know, medical issues. She wasn't even breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And so he just wasn't used to it. So he's used to being able to do those things. And instead of him having to feed the baby, it was always me. And so, you know, he he was super helpful in a lot of ways. Never got up in the middle of the night ever, but that's (laughs) (laughs) he's still like that. Like she'll come in and stare at me and he never wakes up. But otherwise he was great. I mean, he helped me wash bottles and, you know, do all the things and yeah, he's yeah. always been very supportive. He he was kind of ready for it to be done, though. Honestly, like, you know, I nursed her 16, 18 months and he was just he was ready to have me back to himself right? <laughs> instead of having to share me. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, it definitely like, at least for me, it affected my intimacy and my desire for it. Because when you have your baby all over you all the time, it's like, mm-hmm. please don't touch yeah, me. And when milk <laughs> is squirting everywhere and you're like, oh, this is super romantic. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. that was part of his desire, right? To, to be finished with this stage in our life. And, and like I said, when we were older, you know, he had done this before his other daughter was 13. And so right. you know, like having a new baby again, it was like, ah, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> So when you were pumping, um, did you have any favorite accessories or at your pumping station or maybe at work where you would do your notes? Like, were there certain things that you like to have with you or around you to help with that experience? Yeah. So like I said, I I breastfed in the dark ages of 2013. (laughs) All these like little tools or at least I didn't know about them. I mean, the and the milk saver, all those things that didn't exist. So, you know, I worked with babies all day. So that was fun. You know, if I missed my pumping session, I was just covered in milk because, you know, I was crying babies all day. But but no, really, I just, I used the hospital Medela hospital grade pump. So I just had my little bag of stuff. And really the trick that I used a lot was just putting it all back in the refrigerator between mm-hmm. pumping sessions, you know. And then there was, when I first got back to work, I would, you know, spend my break time and pump, pump, pump. And, and then after a while, I was just like, throw the cover on and pump in the middle of the nursery and do my notes and answer the questions. And nobody really seemed to care. Maybe they cared. They just didn't tell me. But I, I mean, I had whole conversations with male pediatricians while I'm covered and pumping. <laughs> you know? So, you know, you just kind of make it work. And and luckily, I was in an environment that, you know, we were pro breastfeeding, pro supporting moms and all that good stuff. So yeah, yeah. And dealing with babies all the time. So you knew. (laughs) Yeah, right. So it's not like they could tell me you can't pump and feed and then turn around and like teach somebody else how to breastfeed their baby, right? So they, it was a supportive place, thankfully. Yeah. 
Yeah, it got to the point for me too with pumping where I, you know, depending on the timing and when I needed to pump, like be eating dinner with the family and like pumping while eating. And it's just what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, know. I mean, I did a lot. Yeah. I did a lot of pumping in the car because we would drive between hospitals to cover different hospital nurseries. And so, yeah, I did a lot of pumping in the car. And I'm sure there's plenty of truck drivers that saw lots of things. <laughs> You know, and then trying to coordinate getting it off while you're in the parking lot and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Right. Right. So there's, yeah. Yeah. There's some good and stories. so would you, was your pump a battery one or would you plug it into the car outlet? I'm pretty sure I had a car adapter for mm-hmm. the one that I used. Yeah. And so when I used it between hospitals and then otherwise I would just use the one that was already at the hospital. So I wasn't having to take, you know, a yeah. bunch of stuff back and forth, which was really nice. You know, kind of a perk of what I did at the time. So for sure. I love that. So with with pumping and breastfeeding, did you find that certain foods really helped keep you satiated? I know like when we're pumping and breastfeeding, we can get hungry really easily. So curious if like you're with food, what what that experience was like. Yeah. So that was my other reason I didn't want to give up breastfeeding because it was my weight loss plan, right? (laughs) I'm eating so many calories every day. Um you know, I just, I packed snacks in every bag and, you know, tried to eat a good breakfast and, you know, all the things we do. Um, I definitely ate more cookies than I should have, but for sure, you know, hungry all the time, eating all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And still like really skinny. I, I mean, I know that doesn't happen for everyone, but for me, it was a huge calorie burn. Um, yeah. I found it interesting as like I hit the six month mark where she started to eat food and then get a year, my body just started to re-regulate where I didn't quite need as much food. I wasn't, you know, type of breast milk I was producing at that point was different, but you know, and and then of course now, like I, not as much coming out. (laughs) How old is your baby? She's 20 months. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So as they eat more, you really should pump less, but I think I was still pumping gallons of milk, which is <laughs> wow. so much like to the point I told the lactation nurse one day, I was like, I only pumped six ounces today instead of eight. And she's like, uh, that's normal. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. <laughs> so when you did decide to wean, how did that go? What was your, what was your process for that? Yeah. So after a year, after she turned one, I stopped pumping at work. Thankfully, I was able to kind of wean down to that where I could just stop. And so then I would just feed her morning and night. And then if we were together, if she wanted to. Um, So really, it was kind of easy. Uh, I think it was more me than her. I just kind of stopped offering it. And And she was fine. You know, we did kind of a different nighttime routine instead. And which we're still doing 10 years later. But um, (laughs) then there was one day she looked up and was like, I think we used to do something different. But anyway, she she weaned pretty easily. Thankfully, at about 18 months. So yeah, yeah, it it is amazing how just switching up the nighttime routine can help so much. Like we've just started doing that ourselves where we'll do like a last feed. I'll do a last feeding with her downstairs. Then my husband takes her upstairs and it's night and day how much better she sleeps and like she doesn't need me and it's great. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're very programmed by your routine. So yeah. 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 Did you know that 90% of mothers felt lonely after having children? And 54% felt friendless 
after giving birth. This according to a recent UK survey of more than 2,000 mothers. I can definitely relate. I had a hard time after my daughter was born, which is why I started my free private Facebook group for Moms Plus called More Milk Please, Strong Supportive Mamas. Come join us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash more milk, please, and find the connection and belonging you desire. Look forward to seeing you there. Well, I know we've talked about a lot of like tips and products and things, but I'm curious if there's anything else resources that you want to recommend or even now from what you're what you're doing to support moms that you want to share. Yeah, so I think I wish the Haka pump, this that little silicone was around, or the milk savers. You know, I I mostly just lost the milk into a, a nursing pad at that point. But that I think those tools are nice, you know, to save some of that hard work that you're doing um, and, and help you with less pumping time. But I also caution moms about them, you know, using them early, the, at least the Haka, when you put suction on it, it really does act like another pump. And so just making sure you're not creating an oversupply or that you're not saving that milk, putting in the freezer, not feeding the baby, right? But tools like that are nice, you know, and then we know a lot more about the physiology, I mean, we've known the physiology, but we know a lot more about, you know, plug ducts and mastitis and treatment for that, you know, the ABM, the Breastfeeding Medicine uh, Society just came out with a mastitis protocol last year that's very different than what we used to do, which is just throw antibiotics at everyone, right? But there's there's a lot of things that you can do for the inflammation ahead of time. And then plug ducts and such like that, like, I don't love all the things. So the massagers and the vibrate and those, those things that, you know, we, I, just because we can doesn't mean we should, right? <laughs> we come up with all these new tools. So I think just the amount of tools available to breastfeeding moms now is a little overwhelming. And really, I don't know that you need all of them, you know? So really my breast pads, my hydrogel pads in the early days, um, and then just the pumping supplies, you probably can just get by with a lot of those things now. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation for moms with the clog ducts, like how they just how they do it without so many tools? Yeah. So really, I don't know where this massage and vibrate stuff came from, because physiologically, these ducts are like little webs. Right. And so if you're smashing on them or massaging them, you're just smashing everything all together and it's just making more inflammation. So I think people imagine that it's like a tube of toothpaste that you just squeeze and it'll come out. That's just not how it works. So really, it's just the the milk kind of slows down and then it backs up and then it leaks out into the breast tissue itself, which is what alerts our immune system and causes all this inflammation in this area. And so, so that just stops the milk. It's like a dam, right? And so really the idea is you decrease the inflammation. So you do that by cold, cold compresses. Um, you do that with high dose anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen, you know, over the counter, schedule it for a few days. And then you can do lymphatic massage. And so that's different than pressing down and massaging like you're massaging like a knot on your back, right? Um, it's it's more of a sweeping motion to kind of get some of that fluid moving. So really you don't need yeah. extreme amounts of tools for that. And, you know, you can use stuff around the house. Like I tell moms, you know, if you have a frozen bag of vegetables, just wrap it in a towel and you can use that to put on your breast um, at the time. Yeah. Um, if you're 
strengths that inflammation. Yeah. 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 I love that tip about like really focus on bringing the inflammation down versus like weeding the knot out because it's not a knot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know. I, we imagine and we want it to, you know, squeeze out because that's would be so satisfying, but that's just not how the anatomy is in that area. And then also those little milk blebs that you can get on your nipples, you know, we used to unroof them and pull them and try and squeeze those out too. And Mm. that, that just makes things worse too. So treating inflammation really is the big thing that we do now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I've got a few fun rapid fire questions for you to wrap us up. So I'm curious what your daughter's first foods were. What did you first introduce her to? So I was in the baby led weaning camp. And so I cut cucumbers and cut the middle out and let her gnaw on them. I cut up avocado. I definitely did cereal. She Mm -hmm. definitely ate food for a long time, but But eventually she ate it all. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes. Yeah, they just play with it for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, you've got to eat something else. I just, like I said, she's addicted to breastfeeding. She loved breast milk. <laughs> and are you a morning or a night person? Gosh, that's tough. Um, as a hospital, as a doctor, I was I had to be a morning person. So now I think I'm rebellious and more of a night person. <laughs> You're more of a like middle of the day person, like no extremes. Nice, nice. (laughs) Yes. Love it. Love it. And are you coffee or tea or something else? Oh, coffee for sure. Yeah. Lots and lots of coffee. We do cold brew when it's hot outside and we do pour over coffee when it's coolish. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. And what is your, or what was your go-to recharge activity when your daughter was little? Um, I think it still is taking a bath by myself with no one bothering me, locking the doors. (laughs) Yeah, that and and walks, you know, going by myself, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. And did you have like a favorite bedtime story? Or did your daughter have one that she always requested when she was little? So stories, we've done a ton, but Mm. songs. So she has to have a song every night. She's 10. She's in middle school. She still needs a song every night to go to sleep. Um, And ever since her pre-K Christmas program at her school, she wants Away in a Manger. So I sing her Away in a Manger every single night for the last. so precious. Seven years, maybe six years. (laughs) It is precious. Some nights I'm like, why am I singing this stuff? (laughs) (laughs) It's like the middle of July and you're like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But we read story when she was little, we read stories and then she would read to us. And now we just family devotional and then try and get her in bed and sing a song. And yeah. yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That'll be one of those things when she gets married that you'll like pull out and be like, this fun fact, we'll be saying her. What is one thing that your partner does that really helps you out or did back when back in the day? Man, he is the greatest husband. So we both are small business owners. You know, he has a, our 23 year old stepdaughter um, lives on her own. And then we have our 10 year old and we just have this team environment, which is really great. Like I never feel like I'm the default parent or the default person for things. So, you know, he does the dishes nightly. That's been his chore for a long time. And you know, just stuff like that. And and then he notices when I do stuff, you know. Yeah. That's so yeah. nice when someone calls it out. I saw you did yeah. this. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. You know, I try not to be like, I'm doing everything. You know, <laughs> there's certainly been times I've said that, but, but in these later years, we've really been a team. So it's been nice. Nice. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? Gosh, I just want to like tell moms that, you know, even as a pediatrician, I had all this medical knowledge and it was still hard. Breastfeeding is hard, you know, and be nice to yourself. There's, there's ways and there's resources and there's support and there's things that can help you. But if it's not the best thing for you, it's okay. Like you're part of the equation too, you know? So I'm super pro breastfeeding. Of course, it's the best thing for babies. It's the best thing for moms, but if it's interfering with your mental health and wrecking your relationship with your baby, then it's okay. <laughs> I mean, we live where there's safe alternatives and it's okay. So yeah, yeah. Mental health is so important. Yes, exactly. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. Especially if you get to a place where you're like exclusively pumping kudos to the moms who do that for a long time, because yeah. that is, that can be a miserable experience. Yeah, no, I, I celebrated when I, got rid of my pump or stopped <laughs> them. And I tell them that I, they deserve a prize for and the moms that exclusively pump for twins. Oh my goodness. Yeah. They, yeah. Gold medal, gold stars. Yes, yes, seriously. <laughs> and so I know at the top of the hour, we talked about a number of different ways that people can get in touch with you, but is there a certain platform right now that you want to particularly call out or have people check out? Man, I would love some love from my YouTube station. I'm working on education there. You know, right now I'm starting with breastfeeding preparation type videos. And then my plan is to go into kind of different stages of breastfeeding life. You know, so a lot of people think certain things are not normal and they are. So that would be great. So 127 Pediatrics and Lactation YouTube station. I'm also on Instagram, 127 Pediatrics. Um, I do my best to do some regular videos. I'm not so good at it all the time. So yeah, those are some places. And then if you're looking for breastfeeding um, supports right now, I have, you know, kind of education through email. I have an email list that you can join. I have a free download for, um, you know, kind of things you should do to prepare. Yeah. And my plan, I have a course, but I'm, I'm planning to revamp it and kind of relaunch it for a beginner course. So all awesome. those things, one, two, seven pediatrics, you'll find me. Yay. I love it. Well, thank you, Andrea, so much for coming on and sharing your story and just sharing also your incredible knowledge and resources. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it too. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts and share with a fellow Mama Plus. And if you're interested in coming on to share your own baby feeding story, head to mollyrider.com and click on share your story. Thanks. See you next week. Bye.